Hello, and welcome to Bruce World, where I'll be your life guide. If you haven't guessed it, I'm Bruce, Bruce Handler. And with each episode, I plan to discuss a thought-provoking topic and, of course, share my point of view. To talk about humans and the interesting things we do, maybe teach you a thing or two, share some facts that are really true, and make you laugh at least once before I'm through. Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of my podcast entitled Perfect Perfectionism and How to Become Less Perfect. Well, since my last podcast was on procrastination, I thought another good topic to cover that also begins with the letter P and that ties into procrastination is perfectionism. And as a reminder, one of the types of people who are more likely to procrastinate are perfectionists. And that's mainly because they fear failure. Although their definition of failure is often anything less than perfection. Now, you also know something's an important topic when you find an article on it in the Harvard Business Review, as you will on perfectionism. Now, I must start out by saying I'm a recovering perfectionist. I started in college and went through my late 30s. During that period, I felt pretty much everything I did needed to be perfect. And if it wasn't, I felt like a failure. Needless to say, my stress level during that time was through the roof, and maybe even through the sky. I actually broke out in hives and had to be hospitalized. I had so much stress. Now, sophomore year in college, I decided I needed to get all A's, and not just all A's, but the highest grade in every class that I took. And when it came to the world of work, I would research topics to death and work a crazy number of hours into the wee hours of the morning and even pull some all-nighters to try and ensure my work was top quality. The reality was that no matter how hard I worked, they were hardly always top quality. How did I stop being a perfectionist? It's a bit of a long story. We don't have time to go into it today. But it had to do with certain life events. It also had to do with some things that I'll be sharing with you today like reprioritizing how I wanted to spend my time based on what was really important or not. And then there was the wisdom of a brilliant senior executive who taught me that doing good enough was often all that was needed about 80% of the time. And he managed to achieve great success without being a perfectionist. So what is a perfectionist? Any guesses? I'll wait. Oh, and P.S., I hate to break it to you, but being a perfectionist is generally not a good thing if that's how you operate on a consistent basis. Once in a while is healthy. More on that in a minute. So what's a perfectionist? The answer is the need to be perfect or do things perfectly, flawlessly, to do a great or the best job and the inability to accept anything less. Now, I must point out, there's a big difference between being a high achiever and a perfectionist. High achievers have realistic expectations. They don't feel like it's the end of the world if they don't hit their goal. They also involve others to help out and find that learning from their mistakes is key to their success. Now, I know there are perfectionists out there who think that being a perfectionist is a great trait to have, and think everyone should be a perfectionist, that anything worth doing is doing perfectly. The reality is that 
the more one tries to be a perfectionist with everything, the more likely you are to achieve less than perfection with certain things. And also perfectionists are much more likely to be highly stressed, to have bouts of depression, to be down on themselves and feel more like a failure at times than a typical person. And since being a perfectionist can become exhausting, you're more likely to suffer bouts of burnout. Now, if you are a perfectionist who thinks that being a perfectionist is a great trait to have, obviously you didn't enjoy what I just shared and are likely to disagree with me. I guess in technical terms, you're likely to poo-poo what I just said. What I'm about to cover may help you understand this reaction and put perfectionism in perspective. So how do you know if you're a perfectionist? Well, some perfectionists already know they are one. But if you're not sure, let me help you figure it out. Perfectionists tend to exhibit all or a majority of the following behaviors, such as if what you do is not perfect, great, then you likely see it as a failure. You're highly critical of yourself and others. You regularly look for mistakes, flaws, and imperfections. You're more likely to be judgmental, disproving of others, more likely to be negative than positive-oriented, kind of the glasses half empty. You fear failure. You tend to procrastinate. You don't take criticism well. In fact, you take it personally. You avoid things unless you think you can do it really well. And lastly, you take a long time to complete tasks and always run up against or miss deadlines. You're also more likely than not to be a workaholic. Ask yourself, how long does it take to complete even basic tasks like responding to an email? putting a five-minute presentation together, or a report that only needs to be half page or a page long. How many times do you write and rewrite this? Even if it's just a two-sentence email response that's needed. Does your breakfast need to be made perfectly? What if you accidentally break an egg yolk while frying an egg or slightly overcook your toast or bacon? Do you toss these items in the garbage? How many times a day do you look at yourself in the mirror to make sure everything is perfectly in its place and that the lighting and background is just right when you're on a Zoom call and you keep trying to straighten your hair or mess with the lighting when on the call? Now, when it comes to perfectionism, it's important that I vote a little time to intimate and close relationships because perfectionism can have quite an impact on them. In fact, perfectionists are more likely to have fewer close relationships because they could be so overly negative and critical of others, even those closest to them, so they have a tendency to push people away. When it comes to intimate relationships, perfectionists can be challenging to live with because they can be pretty hard on their partner. They can also tend to be controlling, competitive, and critical. They're also likely to avoid sharing experiences that they've had that were not successful or sharing any of their imperfections, their insecurities, their inadequacies, their fears. And that limits emotional intimacy and their being able to express vulnerability. So their partner ends up feeling left out of their life. Now, of course, perfectionists also have a difficult time dating and even finding a partner that meets all their standards. So they're likely to marry a lot later, if at all, and more often to experience divorce. When it comes to work and relationships with their employees and coworkers, perfectionists tend to micromanage others. 
because they want to ensure things are done perfectly. And they're less likely to delegate and empower their employees because they think they can do a better job. They're so focused on goals and results that they can tend to express anger, annoyance, and or intimidating behavior if anything is not going perfectly or if anything is even slightly off track or behind schedule. On the other hand, if things go well, perfectionists may provide a lot of recognition. Now, there are many causes of perfectionism, which I don't think is of value to get into right now. It would take quite a bit of time. And instead, I'd like to focus the rest of this podcast on how to overcome perfectionism. And what I found most surprising in doing research on this topic was that although there was endless information on how to determine if you're a perfectionist, there was so little helpful information on what to do about it. Also, what I did find to address perfectionism didn't really seem all that helpful to me because most of the suggestions seem so unrealistic, not practical, and more at a high level versus really getting specific so they would be easier to understand and apply. However, after doing a lot of digging, and I mean a lot, let me now share with you what I did find on the subject that seemed most helpful. And it's not a long list of things. It's a few things that really make a difference. And I don't think it will come as a surprise to anyone that the first step is to admit you are a perfectionist. And if you weren't sure you are one, hopefully based on the information I've provided so far, you now have a pretty clear sense of how perfectionists behave and you know if you act that way. Also, it would be a good idea to ask some of those people who are closest to you what they think and to let them know you really want them to be honest so you know what you need to work on. You need to find a way to ask others if you're exhibiting impatience, micromanaging, being overly critical, overly negative, and or displaying intimidating behavior, the kinds of things exhibited by perfectionists that I described earlier. Now, sometimes it's easiest to get this information from a colleague or two that you trust who will be open with you, um, one or more of your peers, asking them if you exhibit these types of behaviors with your employees or others, as they're less likely to feel intimidated than if you approached direct reports. Now, if you have direct reports, you'll want to use an anonymous survey or a third party that the employees could talk to to gather the information and confidence. So admitting you are a perfectionist, that it's not a good thing, and in fact unhealthy, gets you halfway to being successful in changing that habit and the behaviors associated with it. After you embrace that you're a perfectionist, as hard as the following may be to do, one of the main action steps to take is getting things off your plate, your work plate and your personal plate. Perfectionists have the toughest time saying no. Hardly an ideal combination, right? And having a full plate of to-dos and having to be a perfectionist with all them is a surefire way not to be able to meet those standards and is a surefire way at times to feel like a failure and to feel incredibly stressed. So more than most people, you must reduce your to-dos. You must 
start saying no. And then you must also take the following steps. Part of saying no sometimes has to do with others needing to help out. Are you doing more than your fair share at work and or at home? Should others be pitching in? The answer is often yes. A common trait of a perfectionist, as I mentioned earlier, is their fear of delegation. But you must, must, must learn to delegate and or divide up the work more. How do you do this and get comfortable with it? You experiment. You ease into it. You've got to give others a chance. And instead of micromanaging anyone who you give the work to or share the work with, you need to serve more as a guide and advisor and make sure people know what needs to be done. You need to be very clear. Lack of clarity when giving people an assignment is one of the top reasons people fail to deliver. And you need to provide guidance to others as they ask for it along the way. Let people know that you are there to support them, help them, and guide them. Now, you also need to watch out that you're not too critical and that you provide recognition for the work that others are doing, which does not have to be perfect. Now, for you to delegate or divide work and feel more comfortable doing so leads us to our next important action step. You need to break the best enough habit. Once again, I think I just invented a new phrase, best enough, but I digress. With every task, every assignment, every project, every presentation, every activity that you're responsible for directly or indirectly through others, whether at work or at home or where you engage in, let's say, volunteer work, you must ask yourself, does this thing that needs to get done have to be the best or can it be good enough? And at first, this will be very hard for you. So I strongly encourage you to involve others and get their feedback. More on that soon. To help you figure out what needs to be done really well and what needs to be done good enough is to prioritize activities. But I don't mean this in a typical way. I mean, you need to prioritize which to-dos require great work and which do not. I know, you're now thinking to yourself, Bruce, you're being a little bit crazy because everything requires perfection. Everything should be great. But you see, it doesn't. And you know, if you're being honest with yourself, you'll realize that. If you look around you, you'll see and experience people every day doing less than perfect work, doing good work and being successful. So you need to challenge your thinking here and ask yourself which things, which to-dos will have the greatest impact, effect, result, and which will have the least impact at work and in your life. You must draw a line between these two groups, the important and the not so important, or the less than important. For example, when you're at work and you think of impact, think of how your to-do, your project, your goal, will impact the success of the company, the department you work in, your function, your team, in the achievement of their goals. And is it a lot or not? Does it impact a few people or many? Is it a vital goal or a nice-to-have goal? How much of a real difference will this make? When it comes to your personal life and you think of impact, think about how your to-dos impact people's lives. 
including yours. And again, is it a lot or not? Is it a make or breaker or just something that needs to get done? Now that I've shared some hard actions for you to take, I have bad news and good news. The bad news is that becoming less of a perfectionist is a very hard thing to do by yourself, and you're not likely to get rid of all your perfectionism on your own. The good news is that if you involve others, then you have a much greater likelihood of real success, of behavior change actually occurring so that you become less of a perfectionist. You can involve a friend, a family member, and or a life coach or colleague, but ideally multiple people. The more, the better. You're asking involve them in what? Well, it's mainly about feedback, something I alluded to earlier. For example, when you set goals at work, find a person or a couple people you trust, non-perfectionists, of course, and or empower your employees to give you feedback to let you know if they think the goals you're setting are reasonable, achievable, realistic, and if not, what they would change. Also, for assignments that you take on, it would be helpful to share some of those with others at work who would be knowledgeable enough about the assignment to give you feedback on how much time and effort they think it should take. You should also consider getting their feedback along the way so they can tell you if what you're producing is too much is unnecessary. The last area you want feedback from others on is after you produce something, complete something, present something, make something that you don't think was great. So you want to find out if it's really as bad as you think it is. Perfectionists are their own worst critic. And as I mentioned earlier, if they don't do something great, they can see it as a failure. Others may confirm that what you did was not great, but they're also less likely to see it as a failure and more often to see it as good or fine or acceptable. And that's okay. You need others to put your actions in perspective because perfectionists are unable to do so by themselves. Now, speaking of others, perfectionists should find others who don't kill themselves to get their work done, who are good at delegating, who know how to prioritize and where to put their most effort and who are still successful. There is so much you can learn from these people by talking to them and seeing them in action. There's a well-known book entitled Good to Great. If you're a perfectionist, the ideal title of a book for you would be entitled Great to Good. Again, sometimes we need to shoot for the moon, but there are plenty of times when good is good enough. And if you want motivation to change, think of all the time you'll save. Think of the less stress you'll have. The happier you'll be, the more likable you'll be by being less of a perfectionist. The last thing I'll leave you with is the word experimentation. Think of all the things you do that you try to do perfectly. Some at home, some at work, and just try to do things differently. Try to spend a little less time doing things and see what happens. Did the sky fall or not? And the answer is probably not. So try sending an email without rewriting it even once. Or don't respond to any emails for a day unless they're clearly very important. Let a direct report turn in an assignment to others without you reviewing it or just review it once if not reviewing it at all is just too hard for you at first. Work on an assignment, but don't take the work home with you. Only work on it during normal work hours. Try buying something online, but only doing research for maybe 15 minutes. 
Don't straighten the house for a day. Try putting dishes in the dishwasher without rinsing them or ask your spouse to put the dishes in the dishwasher even though they may not load it as perfectly as you think one should. Or leave the dirty dishes in the sink for a day. You get the point. Experiment with doing less. Even if it's just a little less and see if the world really ends for you or for others. I'm going to stop here. And I know this podcast is not perfect, but I think it's good enough. And I hope you do as well. And I will remind you that if you have any life challenges, including those having to do with perfectionism, please feel free to contact me at brucecoachcca at gmail.com and I'd be happy to help you. That's brucecoach at gmail.com for a free consultation. So thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening, if you're still awake. I hope you were entertained, maybe learned something new, smiled a time or two, And here's to having at least an okay day. And if you don't, that you have what it takes to make it through. 